Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirstie. What is love? Mm. Wow. That's a (laughs) big question. I'm not sure we have time to answer that in the intro. (laughs) I guess that's okay because we're going to spend the entire podcast talking about it. Yes. What is Love by Mac Barnett, illustrated by Carson Ellis, chronicles the journey of a curious boy who asked his grandmother this question and then searches the world for the answer. We are in love with this book and the team behind it, Mac Barnett, Carson Ellis, and their editor, Ginny Sayo. Let's talk. Mac, we're going to start with you. So I think we all want to know the answer to the question, what is love? But where did you get the idea for this story? Yeah, I want to know the answer to the question, what is love? And I have <laughs> since I was a kid. I, it's a question I used to ask adults all the time. I think if you spend any time around kids, you know that like kids ask giant questions. They ask, what is love? What happens after we die? Is there a God? Why do bad things happen in the world? These giant questions that adults wrestle with, that, that artists wrestle with and writers wrestle with. Yes. And when I was a kid, I was, I was always freaked out. Adults were always talking about love, about falling in love. And, and, and I remember, being like, do I love anybody? How would I know if I'm falling in love? What, is, what do they mean? Like, what is this thing they're talking about? Especially because they seem to be talking about different things, different times that they would use this word love. And so I would ask adults all the time, what is love? But what is it? What is it? What is it? And I think I was looking for a concrete definition, which of course is impossible to give. And that is, that's the germ of this story is, is a kid asking adults what love is and and being very frustrated with their answers. Well, it makes sense. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Now we can understand where those adults were coming from, because now we're adults and we're on the other side of that. So yeah, that's right. That's right. And the adults, I think, as we often do when talking about the the sort of the the these giant nebulous things and and complex feelings, the adults all resort to metaphors. So they all compare love to different things. And I think every adult the kid talks to has a different definition of love, but also to communicate that definition uses uh, each adult uses a a reference from their own lives and and the metaphors are all common. So the fisherman says, love is a fish. The actor says, love is applause. Everybody resorts to a metaphor to try to communicate this very specific definition of love to them. 
It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It really is. So, Jeannie, what was it about this story that made you want to acquire it? Immediate love. Is that really cool to say? I mean, <laughs> yes. not at all. I love it. <laughs> it's called What is Love? And I, I was just knocked out when it arrived in my inbox, I have to say. Um just completely. You know, I'm supposed to be a very businessy person. I'm supposed to think immediately about how is this going to sell? And I do have that part of my brain. Absolutely. Cause I run a children's department. I have to think about these things, but honestly, really when I got the manuscript, I just loved it. And I thought I have to have this. We have to do it. We have to publish it. Then after that, I thought, okay, how are we going to sell it? How am I going to sell it <laughs> inside? You know? <laughs> I'm revealing something that I probably shouldn't, you know, as a, as a, <laughs> as a publishing professional, but really it was an, it was an immediate emotional gobsmack for me. It was about the ambition, what Mac is talking about, you know, about daring to talk about something really profound to kids. I loved that. Um, but I also loved the language. I loved the tenderness. I loved the beauty of this. I love the fact that it's about love that upends what you think love might be. And that also really affirms it. I love so. how love is different for each person. And it's an open-ended, we don't know what this boy has discovered for himself. We don't know what he's decided love is. And it's so beautiful because love is amorphous. It is everything and it is nothing. You know, So I think you do a really good job in this book of kind of showing that, that it means everything. And it can also mean one small little thing. Well, and I think that is credit to, to Carson, um, because the ending of this book where, where the kid answers uh, this question, hopefully, hopefully you do have a sense of what his answer is. But yes, it is impossible to put into words. If it were possible to put into words, it would be in words in this book. But it's not. <laughs> and And so... Yeah, at that sort of the last third of this book, uh, the the text really steps back, and and every picture book is going to be a collaboration between text and image, and at various parts of the book, the text may be doing a little more work, or there may be an equal partnership, but at the end, the sort of hopefully the big landing here is. Carson is in charge of that, that hopefully the, 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 the no architecture for it, it, it was, I know. You did a great job. I mean, it's, yes. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. So Thanks. Yes, speaking Definitely. of the illustrator, Jeannie, what was the illustrator selection process like? Good segue. I was just thinking perfect segue <laughs> to the next question, which was after I bought this incredible manuscript, I realized, you know, you have that moment where you think, oh, okay, who's going to illustrate it? Because, wow, this is not, this is really not an easy text to illustrate. You know, there are so many emotional beats and gradations of feeling. And we had to find somebody who could do so many things, who could understand metaphor, um, who could get the humor of the book, who could get the expressions right. You know, you have to be, you have to be great at people. You have to be great at animals. There are some illustrators who can't do both. And of course, as Max said, we really had to find somebody who could nail the ending because there, there is one of the great things about Mac as a picture book writer, but I think also one of the difficult things if you're an illustrator is he leaves so much room for pictures. And so 
I just thought, oh my gosh, whoever does this is really going to have to nail it. And that's not going to be an easy thing (laughs) at all, you know? So early on, I involved Mac in the process, you know, I mean, he, he has many opinions, all very good (laughs) ones, I will say. Um, That's kind of unusual also um, to do, I will also say, but Mac is so knowledgeable and obviously has many close relationships with illustrators. So he was involved very early on and he and I were both big fans of Carson. We arrived at Carson in different ways. He has a story about Carson. I have a story about Carson, but we've admired her for a really long time for many years. And so it was kind of a dream to think maybe Carson could do this. Maybe she'd like it. And of course, Carson is really booked up and you know, at, at that point, I think we were thinking, well, she's just doing a lot of her own projects. We'll just see. And we sent her the manuscript. And I think Steve said she cried. And I thought, yes. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. <laughs> yes. Carson, what was it in the book that made you cry? What was it that made you want to say yes? Well, Mac has had a bit of an in because he's like one of my favorite friends in the world. I did cry when I read it which I feel like is rare, you know, with a picture book manuscript. I feel like it's really hard to write a moving picture book manuscript that doesn't feel like overwrought or saccharine. That is such a hard thing to do. And also the fact that it made me cry as a picture book and it didn't even have the pictures yet told me that there was something sort of magical happening within the text. Um, And then I think the main thing, probably the main reason Other than that, I love Mac, and we've been talking about working on a book together for so many years, is that I could see how to illustrate it when I read the manuscript. So I think a lot of the time I look at manuscripts and I'm like, this looks hard. And even though Jeannie said it was a hard book to illustrate, I actually had a pretty clear sense of what it would look like as I read. If I feel like it's going to be really hard work and I don't have sort of an innate sense of how to go about it, I'm probably not going to do it because it's just too hard. <laughs> but this did seem, because it is there is so much metaphor, there's so much visual imagery in it. I really felt like I knew how I wanted to illustrate it from the beginning. Well, it's beautiful. Thank you. It is beautiful. There's such a good synergy between the text and the art. It's true that, that that's what makes Mac's books as manuscripts so good for illustrators is because he knows that he only should be telling part of the story, that there should be a lot of space left for the art to tell another part of the story. But that's why picture books are picture books is because those two things are interdependent. And I don't think all, all writers understand that when they set about to write a picture book and Mac really does. So that was a tempting thing about the manuscript too, was I saw how I would get in there and sort of complement the story and help tell it rather than just right. draw, draw what was on the page. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mac, uh, the narrative voice in this story is so strong, and it's about a boy who grows up as the story progresses, and he feels childlike and strong, and he also really engages us as the reader. 
and it feels like we know him and we're kind of invested in this journey. Can you give us a look into your writing process for this story? I wrote this book in in Italy, uh, and that's that that very much informed the idea. So the question came from when I was a kid. The approach to the book came from I was I was in a museum in Florence, and uh, it was a trip with. She's now my wife. Taylor Norman Barnett, uh, and and uh, but was not at the time. I think I had just proposed to her the night before, so love was definitely on my mind. Uh, wow. I love and, it. And <laughs> and we uh, we were in Florence. We had just come from Genoa, and what I love about Italy is all these little cities, all these little regions. They have uh, different economies, different cultures, uh, and and so because of that, they also get. A, a different symbolic language. And so in Genoa, all the architecture, the artwork, everywhere you walk, it's it's all maritime stuff. It's a port city. So you see lots of clams and tridents. And and if if a rich guy was building a mansion in, in the Renaissance, he wanted he wanted clamshells everywhere. In Florence, we're tied to the land uh and and also to textiles. So uh you see lots of agricultural image, imagery, lots of fruit. Uh, the, the cut and drape of somebody's clothes in a portrait is going to be of utmost importance. And we're talking about the same things. These paintings, these buildings, they were talking about money and power and love. Uh, but they were using a totally different symbolic language to get at it. And I said, that's so interesting. What if we did that with love? We, we approached it with different people using different symbols that come from their own lives. And yeah, I, I think that, that the kid definitely has parts of me in him. Although like, I didn't know either of my grandmothers very well. Like that, that I think it probably imagines a relationship I would have liked to have with my grandmother. Uh, but uh but I do hate fish. I don't, I think that they're, <laughs> they taste really bad and, and I don't, and I, their eyes are absolutely just, just disturbing to me. So that's very, that comes. Yep, agree. Uh, but I you think. feel that part, one real deep. <laughs> yeah. I think that, the you know, this, this thing that happens between this kid and the adult. Each page is a sort of failure to communicate. I think that the adults endeavor really beautifully and manage to convey in a very personal and very grounded way what love means to them, but the kid doesn't quite get it. And, and sometimes that happens between kids and adults. It happens between adults and adults, too. Definitely. Um, yeah, and I, and I wanted All the that time. to be the Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that was very much a part of it, too. I just listed a bunch of, basically a bunch of things uh, that, that might, might make for fun metaphors and then, and then chase down the ones that were most interesting to me. And I love that the, the humor in here, because it's a very heartfelt, you know, it's a love book. It's like you said, it, the question is very deep. Um, but there's that subtle humor of, of the narrative voice in there. And it just gives that little levity to it that is really needed and it's I'm really so wonderful. glad you said that i think that that's true and and i do think this is a funny book and Jeannie, i love that you were saying i think that that is another reason that carson just made so much sense for this because she was going to ground the artwork in the visual world but carson is so funny she's such she she can bring such comedy to her illustration to her writing i think she's like do is talk to me is like one of the funniest picture books 
Yeah, of all time. I was, of oh, all time. Mac. Yeah, and, and you were going to be able to do both <laughs> of those things. And I totally agree. If the humor wasn't there, this was going to feel like a book that was sold to grandmas in the airport as they were frantically searching for a book when they came to visit their grandkids. <laughs> and it would be thrown in the do not read pile as soon as that grandma <laughs> left. Like, And oh, we didn't Ouch. want that. <laughs> the spreads with the cat on the first one and then when you turn the page and then the dog and the question of well, what is love and the dog is chasing the cat and just says this with the exclamation point <laughs> which it's was wonderful. a question I had I had that was a question I had for Mac when the manager came in and I said uh what do you mean by this I I guess it's going to be explained in the pictures and he said yep and you know she did it <laughs> but there was no art note was there, there was no art no I nope. can't remember no 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 yeah it was just it was just okay let's just see what Carson does and if she gets it then great did you know that that's what it was going to be that the dog was Mac did you know that the dog yes. would be chasing the cat oh yes <laughs> I knew that I like I, I Jeannie your question was so great you were like do we need to tie this down a little more because I think you gave three different possible answers all super plausible about what the dog could mean right then and just saying like this doesn't say it and I was like I think when Carson does this I think it's gonna land and I remember we said like if it doesn't like we can go back and revisit it but as soon as Carson drew that and it's just it's it is it's the dog's expression it's the posing Carson just nails it you know exactly it's that's the magic of picture books right there yeah, mm-hmm. like Jeannie, who spent more time with this manuscript than anybody, was like, ah, "There's an ambiguity here." And then, as <laughs> soon as that picture's in, and it's not like the dog is is being demonstrative or, or gesticulating or really like closing the loop in any specific way. It's it's just it's that combination. You know exactly what the dog means. Carson nailed it. Oh, yes, but it's I do all think in that's the eyes. The magic of picture books. Yeah, it's all well, in the that dog's kind of eyes. leads us. Yes, it definitely is. And it leads us a little bit into the next question, Jeannie, about the editing process. Can you give us a little bit more about what it was like editing the story? You're not going to believe this, and this does not happen, but I'm here to tell you it was a dream. I didn't really do anything, wow. you know, which does, nice. which does not happen. <laughs> no, the manuscript came in. I loved it. I had a few questions. I thought about a few things. But really, it's pretty much the way that it came in. Um, And so my job was really easy. I was just able to sit back and say, I'm just going to watch Genius unfold now. (laughs) You know, and it works. I love it. Genius and chemistry. Genius and chemistry unfold. And And somebody once told me um, a long, long time ago when we were talking about editing, that the first rule of editing should be like the Hippocratic Oath, which is first do no harm. You know, yes. and I yes. would say, I would say, <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. You know, if you know something is great, then you don't need to touch it. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's wonderful. So Carson, we are in love with the color palette in this book. And the whole book kind of gives you this feeling of calm and comfort. The art just really invites the reader in. Can you share a little bit about your illustration process for this story? I'm never really sure how to talk about palette stuff because I find that really just sort of intuitive. And for the most part, I've been kind of using the same basic palette for like 20 years. You know, it's like relatively subdued with like accents of bright colors is kind of how I how I do it. 
In terms of how I illustrated it, uh, typically what I start with is thumbnails. So I have these very small sketches and I sketch out the whole book that way to get a sense of how I feel like uh, um, the story will be told visually and also to get a sense of important things like impactful page turns. Um, in, and there are a few of those in this book, I think. I'm always thinking about ways. It's like a thing that's really unique to picture books and so fun and wonderful to play with is the fact that when you're reading a book, the physical experience of turning the page and finding something kind of exciting on the next page, you know, that doesn't happen in a novel. You don't turn the page of a novel and think like, gasp, I didn't know that was that was going <laughs> right. to jump out. <laughs> you know, you have to sort of read through a bunch of dense text to find the big reveal on that page. But with a picture book, you can really do some exciting things with page turns. So I think about that kind of stuff a lot. I think about kind of how the book will break up in terms of like spreads and vignettes. And then I do a bunch of more fleshed out sketches with gouache. So they kind of look like the final art in black and white and a little sloppier. And then I talked to my editor and my art director and we'd see if we need to make any revisions. And then I put those on a lightboard and I do all the final art. I trace it on a lightboard and then I do the final art in gouache on watercolor paper. And I think with this book, I painted the art at print size. So it's not like blown up or shrunk down or anything. Oh, interesting. We have one last question for all of you. We'll start with you, Jeannie. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? One of my um, one of my wishes for this book is that every grown up who reads it cries, and I think, and I think that has happened. I have we have succeeded. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we have succeeded. Check that box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So far, everyone who's worked on the book has cried. In fact, including me, and I am the biggest um, stony hearted person. <laughs> but when I saw Carson's pictures you know, the waterworks happened. They just did. Um, Sweet. so, um, so that's one thing. And then, um, to just, to just for kids to know that they can, as, as Max said, to know that they can ask the big questions, you know, um, that they're free to do that. And that there are many, many answers. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Yes. I love that. That's great. Carson, how about you? When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? Um, <clears throat> I don't care much about the idea of um, teaching and learning from picture books. I feel like some books are for that and some aren't. But I do think another amazing and unique thing about picture books is that they're typically an, a dynamic experience between two people. You know, it's often a grown-up and a kid reading together and having conversations and reading it a little bit differently each time. So I just, whenever I make a book, my main goal is like, I hope this is a nice experience between two people reading it. And sometimes I'm not sure I've done that, but with this book, it feels like such a sweet and happy book that I do feel like it's, we've created a nice experience for two readers together. Definitely. Definitely. What about you, Mac? When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? Yeah, to piggyback off of, of what Carson said, um, I think that she and I share a lot of bookmaking philosophy. And, and again, I also <laughs> do not really care about kids learning from from my books, but, but feeling sure, of course, or, or taking meaning from it. Um, and 
you know, we talked a little bit about writing a manuscript that leaves a lot of space for an illustrator. Uh, and I think something that Carson does as an illustrator and a bookmaker in general, and, and that is great too, is we want to leave space for the reader. There are gaps in my manuscript, but there are gaps in the finished book too. There, there are still big questions. And that's an invitation for the reader, whether that's the kid or, or the adult who's reading with the kid, to, to talk and think about and to interpret, right? Interpretation is what this is all about. That's, that's what literature is. That's what art is. Um, this is not instruction. Uh, this, is, this is art. Uh, and, and so I think we've left space to interpret, to make meaning. And, and the, the most exciting thing that happens in a book is the stuff that happens once the cover's closed and, and the book is living on in the mind of the, of the kid who listened to it in, in conversations that kid is having uh, around, around the table the next day. And sure, I think that there's like a sort of a, a set of, of like effective responses or interpretations that I would be most pleased with, but it kind of feels like it gives away the game to say them. Yeah, this book certainly will uh, start conversations. And it's just wonderful. It's such a beautiful book. And it's been so great to yes. meet you, Jeannie Carson and Matt. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for And for making us. beautiful books. Are you Thank you Please. so much. This is this is like the cool, I just want to say that I, this can be on it or not. I, this is like, I love the approach you take with this podcast. So many podcasts just ask basically for, for a plot summary, what the book is about. You end up feeling like you just give the flap copy of the book, the marketing copy, uh, to actually ask how and why we, we did what we did. And nobody does that. And it's the most interesting part. A big thank you to Mac, Carson, and Jeannie for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for What is Love? Check out the show notes to learn more about Mac and Carson and their other fabulous work. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy, happy looking. looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. <laughs>